date of recording, the 8th of December, 2022. Welcome to season four of Let's Talk Media with Vedanta Kari. For today's episode, we're talking about Black Girls Don't Get Love. And my guest for today is Miss Eden Strawn. Hey, Eden, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Vadan. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Um, I actually was just at a networking event and telling other people that I was going to be on your podcast. So um, thank you again. It's a great opportunity. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate you promoting the podcast out there. I, I appreciate any promos I can get. So with that, do you just want to quickly introduce yourself? Sure. So my name is Eden Strawn. I am the author and founder of Black Girls Don't Get Love, a multimedia coming of age brand for girls of color. We provide content and experiences for girls of color to feel seen and celebrated for the skin they're in. Um, that's taken multiple forms, um, most notably the Black Girls Don't Get Love book, which is a coming of age story about a black high school girl who is dealing with feelings of insecurity due to Eurocentric beauty standards. So um, our main character, Zoe, she is going through a lot of the things that I went through um, as a kid growing up in uh, predominantly white spaces and feeling like I didn't, um, I wasn't pretty because of the way I looked, that I, because I didn't have straight hair or that my skin was darker than the others that um, I was less than. And um, I think those feelings came from experiences with some of my classmates, um, you know, making fun of who I was. Um, my features such as my uh, dark skin, when the lights went out in the classroom, people would say, we can't really see you, where's Eden? And uh, things like, you know, people making fun of my lips or saying that I was pretty for a black girl. And so those are comments that really shaped um, my self-esteem and constantly kind of made me feel like I was going to be run over by a semi-truck every single time I entered the classroom. And so in college, um, I, I had that experience of struggling with like identity um, and self-worth on those most of those early childhood experiences. But in college, I um, was able to take a Black feminist theory class and I learned of um, the works of Audre Lorde. The piece that Audre Lorde wrote was called The Transformation of Silence into Language and Action. She talked about her wanting at the end of her life to say that she spoke up for herself, that the things that society pushed against her, like as an LGBTQ identifying poet, um, someone that was a social activist, um, she wanted to make sure that she didn't let other people have the power over her to, you know, say negative things and her to not respond because of fear or, you know, just feeling low feelings of self-worth. And so somewhere in that um, article that she wrote, it was um, the words turn silence into language because your silence will not protect you. And I remember reading that. It just struck me. It was like, wow, um, this is a call to action for me to speak up for myself, to speak up for other Black women and girls who might be experiencing similar things. Stumbling on the work of Audre Lorde, Patricia Hill Collins, Bell Hooks, these are uh, women that use academic language to put into words the things that Black women were facing. And because they use academic language, it legitimized the argument behind microaggressions. And so for me as a college student, really understanding that study of race is legitimate. The study of microaggressions is legitimate. You can work, make meaningful work about these topics and you can um, compel people through art, through activism, and it can be something that is taken seriously in the world. And um, 
those experiences led me to coin the term black girls don't get love. And um, the mission of our brand is to use media to turn silence into language and change the way black women and girls are perceived in society. And that is a um, tribute to Audre Lorde's work to turn silence into language. And the media portion of that is to um, look at representations uh, in media and how black girls are nearly a race in um, mainstream media. We don't get to see black girls specifically in the coming of age genre, having those moments where they, you know, fall in love and go to prom and, you know, do wild and crazy things. They're not afforded that opportunity. And so um, as part of the argument that I built for Black Girls Don't Get Love, I'm arguing that the lack of Black female representation in the coming of age genre directly represents the erasure of Black girlhood in society. So when we don't see Black girls in media having these moments, they're facing an adultification because we don't see them being young. We see them as more mature. And so in 2017, uh, Georgetown, um, Georgetown Law Center on Poverty and Inequality released a study called Girlhood Interrupted. And it was a study that proved that girls ages five to 14 were actually viewed as more adult-like than their white female peers of the same age. Yeah, I, I read about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was, um, I used like those um, data points from that study and from the, the studies that I'm doing in media and tried to build an argument around that. So I've presented at TEDx on this topic. My um, talk was entitled, Who Gets to Be the Girl Next Door? Um, looking at um, all the things that I shared. I also presented at the New York State Reading Association Conference um, on Black the Black Girls Don't Get Love book. And um, the theme of that conference was cultivating genius and talking about specifically how um, the what the BIPOC adolescent grade school experience is. So a lot of this work, um, I speaking to my mentors and people in the community that support me and just getting their feedback, getting their um, connections to people that want to support us financially. Um, one person that I spoke to, he said that um, the work that I was doing to help other Black girls was actually healing my soul. And I was like, whoa, this is really powerful that like, I didn't really realize that I wanted to make other people feel special because I didn't feel special. And so it's it's a really um, meaningful, it's really meaningful work that we're doing right now in the community. And right now my team and I are working to um, secure $1.5 million to produce the Black Girls Don't Get Loud feature film. And, you know, that's an undertaking within itself, mm -hmm. uh, you know, try to do something at a mainstream level but being on an independent scale. I think that's the worst thing that you can really try to do to, you know, scale at such a um, early point. But for me, the reaction that I've gotten has been something that I'm worth taking a risk for just because, um, for example, the Black Girls Don't Get Love prom that we hosted this summer, this past summer, um, it was a formal event designed to honor and celebrate girls of color in the central New York area. And the problem was supposed to be for ages 13 to 25, but the problem was sold out. I had um, people as young as seven and a woman as old as 67 at the wow. problem. Yeah. And that's like how, 
you know, I know that what we're doing is meaningful and impactful to people. And that's why I'm really pushing myself to do something that is hard, that is challenging and that's scary because of the impact that we're having just in our central New York community. But, you know, imagine if other girls of color across the country can feel like that, that they can see a character like Zoe going through challenges that they face in everyday life. I actually was in a meeting today and um, the, one of the people that I was meeting with said that um, their relative was being called um, chicken wing mm -hmm. in their class because of how their skin was. Right. And I'm like, you know, this is just it's 2022. The things that we were that I was experiencing were happening in the early 2000s. The conversations about D DEI were not as prevalent as they are today. What is that? DEI? DEI um, is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. So people were not having like those open conversations about accepting people, about differences and celebrating those things. That was not the language back then. No. And even the predecessors that we had, people like Audre Lorde, imagine what it was like for her to, um, you know, be having different identities that were considered probably marginalized and being openly writing about this type of stuff. When I hear those type of things, I just am like, if we can bring to the mainstream conversations about microaggressions and do it in a way that doesn't alienate any group, I think mm -hmm. the reason why people love Black Girls Don't Get Love, and I mean people across races, I mean people across genders, is because everybody can see themselves in this story. Right. People, um, white people, Asian people, Hispanic people, uh, black people. Um, they're all behind this because we're all having a healing experience together. Everybody from all races are being called in to say, okay, we're going to prioritize the experiences of black girls because they're overlooked, but we're not going to, in the process, talk negatively about other people. Mm -hmm. We can call out things that are um, needing growth, but we don't have to do it in a way that's um, negative. Right. And so um, I think that's what's been so special. Um, in my local community, I have been able to host many readings of the book. I go into some schools and um, speak to the students. One of the kids that um, I spoke to at one of the schools, they actually were assigned the Black Girls Don't Get Love book as one of their homework assignments. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it was that was that was one of the days that I was just like, whoa, I'm just so flattered. Like, you know, that's just and actually it was in the IC library. The book just got into the IC library a couple yeah, of days. Ago. Yeah, the Ithaca College Library. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So it's really awesome. And I'm trying to expand and get into some local bookstores. I've been really busy, so I haven't really been able to follow up on that, but I'm going to do that before the end of the year to get it into a couple stores. Um, but one of the students um, I wrote a quote, um, or excuse me, I pulled the quote from their um, their homework assignment. And it says, I believe the author wrote this to lift up and encourage people of color. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a person that, you know, made the work and then having other students read it and analyze it, I was just so happy that they could see my mission through the work that even before I spoke to their class, they could see my goals of making a positive impact in the world, in, in the lives of people of color, of people that are not even of color right. to just bridge like the tension and the gaps that are often, you know, seen when we have uncomfortable conversations about DEI. 
And how old did you say this kid was again? The kid that wrote that? Yeah. Um, they're an eighth grader in the Syracuse City School District. Wow. Yeah. I mean, middle school, that's a very important age, you know, learn about kindness and respecting other people's differences, you know, skin tone, disabilities, mm -hmm. minorities, sexual orientation, whatever. That's a very important age. And I'm glad that you're able to teach young kids and even older kids the importance of embracing diversity. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you mentioned with this film that you're making about Black Girls Don't Get Love, where your protagonist is a person of color, um, specifically a woman of color. And a lot of those narratives just aren't told in media. Like I'm I'm thinking of uh, Never Have I Ever by Mindy Kaling. Have you watched it? I have. And that show is one of our comps just because it's so special to see high school stories featuring girls of color. Mm -hmm. Also, another one would be The Summer I Turned Pretty on Amazon. And um, those stories are just, you know, for me, just like there is a space for our girl of color centered coming of age experiences. The market has proven that even with um, The Summer I Turned Pretty, they were renewed so quickly after their season one release. And I'm just kind of like, that's going to be the Black Girls Don't Get Love television series. It, you know, it has to be. It has yes, to be. Yes, it has so to be. We look at shows like um, Insecure as some of our comps too. And mm -hmm. we're like, you know, um, the response in the community, like how it was a dialogue on, oh, did you see what Molly did? You know, did you see what Issa did? Like, those are things that um, people were excited about because they didn't get those experiences often to, you know, see characters that actually represented their real lives and not like overly polished or overly negative representations of themselves. It was just, it was the perfect amount of everything. So, yeah. Um, and I have seen Insecure with Issa Rae. It's a fantastic show. And from what I've seen, at least, it does a good job of, de of deconstructing the strong Black woman trope in a lot of ways, because she's just a regular person in the show. Mm -hmm. And we get to see her mess up. We get to see her, you know, just be human. And I think that's the biggest part of what we're trying to do is humanize Black girls because what Issa Rae did for women of color is what I hope Black Girls Don't Get Love does for Black girls of color. Because we get to see Issa, you know, struggling financially. We get to see her love issues and, you know, yeah. successes. And we get to see her career challenges. We get to see her friendship challenges. And it's in a way that's so raw and real that you're like, that could be me. <laughs> and we want, um, I mean, the show is way more mature than Black Girls Don't Get Love will ever be. It's this Black Girls Don't Get Love is going to be PG family brand um, so that we don't alienate anyone. But, you know, there's an audience for all of it. And with our show and with our feature film, um, you know, getting those nuanced moments, like things that people don't usually magnify in terms of, um, microaggressions in terms of the moments in your head where you're starting to think, wow, what if I actually am ugly? What mm -hmm. if the things that they're saying about me is true? We don't get to see them dealing with those intimate moments. And that's what I hope Black Girls Don't Get Love will be. Again, in the book, Black Girls Don't Get Love, there's a section where like, she starts thinking about why she had to be Black instead of white. 
because she feels trapped by the darkness of her skin tone. And as an Indian American myself, I've seen that a lot in the Indian community where people will try these like skin lightening products because they see white skin as like the goal, like the end goal of beauty when really all skin tones are beautiful. And I think that's something very important to teach young kids in examples like Black Girls Don't Get Love, whether it be your film or your your book, which I do want to talk about the book because I believe he had it co-authored. I was wondering if you could talk about the co-author a little bit. Just show her some love and thanks. Oh, sure, absolutely. So um, Grace King, um, she is a very talented writer and she um, helped me write the book um, and the um, short film script. And it's um, really um, just great to know people that can help bring things to life. Um, I've had the pleasure of collaborating with um, many IC grads as part of this work. And Ithaca grads, yep. Ithaca yes. college grads. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's really important to know people that share your values in terms of um, the work that they want to bring to the world. The people that are working on this are a very diverse group of people. The entire team is not black. And I think that says something about the culture that we're creating too, is that we're welcoming people that support our mission and see the vision and the work, um, regardless of how they identify, because the world is diverse and our teams mm -hmm. have to be diverse. And so um, I'm proud to be modeling that. And um, I look forward to the future, you know, bringing in new collaborators and people that are also passionate and excited about what we're doing. So it's, I'm just very happy. I'm very happy. This, um, we, Black Girls Don't Get Love was my senior thesis film. And in less than, well, it's been a year actually, but in 10 months, we've raised $27,000 for the work that we're doing. Um, we were published um, in the news multiple times, three times between July and December. It's just I saw been that. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. It's just been like, you know, if you believe in yourself, if you believe in what your voice has to say and the fact that you're bringing value to people's lives um, by being honest, I think that means something. And so, you know, as a creative and um, I know a lot of creatives experience this like, is it ever going to happen? I mean, I still don't know if it's going to happen, you know? You're right. <laughs> I'm just working really hard and hoping that something does actually happen. But just put it out there. Put Tell your story. I get messages from 40-year-old women who say, I wish I had this when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I get messages from girls who are currently in school saying, you know, this is really helping me. I was being bullied, you know, and something I love to do is just, you know, I hear girls going through something and I would love to just give her a copy of the Black Girls Don't Get Love book just so that, you know, it's a small gesture, but it's affirming to let this person know that they're not alone. Black Girls Don't Get Love um, is building a nonprofit, Black Girls Will Get Love. And that is where we'll run all our philanthropic initiatives, such as the prom and the feature film training program. Um, the Black Girls Don't Get Love feature film training program is an opportunity for girls of color in the central New York area to get Hollywood standard production experience right here in central New York. 
So um, that would look like participants being able to take tracks in producing, directing, acting, cinematography, post-production. We're going to bring in industry professionals from across the country and allow them to um, facilitate workshops for our girls. Um, and we want this to be um, an experience where girls of color not only learn, but they get to do. So they will be in their track as we produce the film and they'll get um, an IMDb credit on the feature and also get starter equipment from hopefully if I can get sponsors at like Canon or Nikon, Sony, um, Apple, if I can get those sponsorships, then we can give them equipment um, to be able to practice filmmaking even after the program is over. Something also that I really want to do is to make sure these girls get paid. I want to teach them that you can get paid for your art. Right. And that's just such a value of mine, even for me starting out in the business, like, you know, having to take, you know, unpaid internships and different things just to get my foot in the door. If these girls prove to, the, um, to us, to our board, to our investors that they want to be in the program and they um, do that through their essays, um, through their interviews they will have this opportunity and they will be able to um get a foot in the industry right here in central new york i think mm -hmm. that's pretty amazing especially um to have them you know be able to be trained on the feature film set you know usually people don't get those opportunities so early in their career and you also usually have to relocate to like major cities like new york or los angeles so we're we're trying to do something really special where we not only um, change the narrative ourselves, but we empower girls to also do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so just to reiterate, Black Girls Will Get Love is the organization through which you get philanthropy for Black Girls Don't Get Love, That's correct? It. Yes, yes. Yes. And through Black Girls Don't Get Love, you're funding various projects, either past, current, or future. Like you have this children's book that came out like what, a year, 2021? It was 20. So the the short film actually came out in um, May 2021. And then the book came out in February 2022. Um, then our debut event, the Black Girls Don't Get Love Prom was uh, July 2022. And now we released our um, feature film um, campaign for 1.5 million um, on November 16, 2022. So we've been really busy over the last year. Um, somebody I love to give a shout out to is Erin Peterson. She is um, my producer and um, she's been with me um, over this whole entire year journey, um, just working to produce this book, to you know promote on social, um, to fundraise for um, this work that we're doing. And she's just someone that I admire so much and that I respect so much. And I'm excited that we're gonna get our first producing credits um, for a feature film together after all the work that we put in. Um, Alasia Duncan is also someone that I'd like to shout out. Um, these are both Ithaca College alumni. Alasia's an actress and she um, acted in the Black Girls Don't Get Love short film. And this is just super exciting having her on the development team, helping to bring Zoe's character to life. Um, so it's it's exciting. I've gotten calls from, you know, producers in the industry that want to talk to me, wow. not me calling them. And it's just so exciting, um, you know, a director to reach out to me and said, hey, like, you know, I want to direct your film. And this is like someone that's directed a multi-million dollar feature. So it's just, you know, really exciting to see that we as an independent team of young professionals can do big things. We can do exciting things if we are committed, if we want to um, 
make a difference in people's lives we got to put the work in but also the work will speak for itself and i think we're getting to that point where um, people are seeing what we're doing and they want to get behind us so you did a short film called black girls don't get love as your thesis and then you're fundraising for a feature film it's basically is it like an expansion of your short film about this girl named zoe who gets bullied because of her hair and her skin tone Yes, it is. It is. And we have a lot of things that I just can't talk about just because I don't right. want to read the movie. But um, the Black Girls Don't Get Love short film, the Black Girls Don't Get Love book is the basis for the work that we're doing. So it's really been a really cool launching pad. I don't know who your audience is, but, you know, creatives, you know, we hope that we will make work short films that um will then turn into longer pieces. And so I think for me, um, I've been doing like a lot of like just mentoring and advising for people that are coming up in the business. And I tell people that I've been doing this for 10 years and they laugh because they're like, you look like you're 10. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing is that I, re I started in the media industry in the eighth grade mm -hmm. um, when my teacher gave me an iPad. And I was able to practice on iMovie. I was able to um, practice shooting in the town of uh, the city of Syracuse. And that is such a full circle moment for me because the, the city that I learned about the business in is the city that I'm going to make a multi-million dollar film with. I usually tell people um, this anecdote that I was a kid from Syracuse with an iPad and a dream. And I just you know, I get emotional sometimes talking about it just because Syracuse is one of the top poorest cities in the country. And so when we're providing access, when we're providing exciting things for people to do that they don't have to pay for, um, because sponsors who can't afford this type of, um, these type of initiatives get behind us, it changes people's lives in small, tangible ways, making people feel good, giving people compliments, you know, allowing them to walk down the pink carpet that we lay out for them and giving them roses and tiaras when they enter our space. It's a validating thing that you can't really put a price tag on. And so that's why we're building the nonprofit so that we can continue to do those things and that our work will be sustainable because we have to pay people. We have to make money so that, you know, people can survive. But also we want to make sure that we're always mission oriented. So um, it's a lot of things that we're going to do, but I didn't really finish my um, last point of just like um, developing work that means something because um, having a short film it can change your life. And I think it can. Yeah, I think I'm experiencing that. I'm, I think I'm experiencing um, the benefits of hard work, of um, commitment, and a story that speaks not only to me and makes me want to work hard on it, but a story that speaks to other people because they can also see themselves in it. So I hope that, you know, if there's any students listening, that you just don't give up on your idea like incubate it and wait until it's ready to go public. Black Girls Don't Get Love was not always in the public light like how it is now, but that doesn't mean we weren't working on it for many months and sleepless nights, seven days a week, um, 80 hours a week, mm -hmm. you know, to make sure that it was ready for the public to see. And so that's why I want to acknowledge people like Alasia and um, Aaron because they're out there doing the work. Um, another uh, team member we have is Mateo Flores. He's a writer on the project. Jackson Bernard, Danielle Silverstone, um, Jonna Stevens. Those are folks that are just out there doing the work. And I'm just very grateful for them because um, 
it's it's a lot it's a lot to ask for your you know 23 year old peers right. to try to bring something to hollywood after we just graduated but um i believe in us and it seems like others are starting to too i absolutely agree that you never know when a film will change your life like i'm thinking of quentin tarantino before reservoir dog reservoir dogs and steven spielberg before he directed jaws i'm pretty sure he directed jaws uh, but yeah, you never know when it's going to change your life. And what it sounds like, you know, this thing kind of just exploded in popularity. Like you're impacting young girls of color, young women of color, and also just bringing all races together to speak out against racism and microaggression. And I think that's really important because because it shouldn't just be, you know, people of color speaking out racism or, you know, only women speaking against misogyny or gay people speaking out homophobia. It should be everyone speaking out against just hatred in general in this world. And so I find that unifying factor of Black girls don't get love very encouraging for the future, hopefully. Um, and also for your short film, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Chris Ash and Leah Edinger, because I believe they were also producers on this short film. They're both Ithaca College grads. Um, if you are listening to this, Love you too. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for helping Eden for her short film. It's a fantastic film. I saw it a, a year or so ago. That oh, that gave me chills actually. Um, Leah and Chris worked very hard, and um, I just I'm grateful for the thesis team that believed in this when it was just a script. You know, that it means a lot just because I remember the early days of trying to secure funding for the prom. And there were people that would say things like, Black girls don't get love. Is that even proper English? And, you know, you can't let that stuff get to you. No, you um, can't. I wasn't going to just because I knew that I was trying to do something special. But, you know, it does, you, you know, you do think about that stuff. You do think about all the doors that get slammed in your face. We're just in a point of time where people are seeing the success that we had. But a lot of the things that happened before were just a lot of uphill battles. And so people like Leah and Chris and um, of the many other nearly 30 other students that were on that film that spent their weekends, their you know time that they could have been studying to do their own projects, they spent it with us um, on set, bringing to life something that would then impact girls in the central New York area and hopefully in the world. Um, so they were early investors um, of their time, of their support. And I never forget that. And frequently I will just message people. It's been super cool. All the folks that we've been able to work with, even from um, photo shoots that we've had um, to, you know, doing a TEDx talk at Ithaca. Um, the IC community has really just supported me so much. And, you know, when I get to publish their photos in the news and I'm like, hey, look, your photo is in the article that is on Syracuse.com. Like, they're so excited because they're like, this is like a community initiatives. It's it's really all hands that have touched us, like have brought it to where it is now. So um, gratitude is always going to be the name of the game. And um, I appreciate you bringing them up. Yeah, of course. And I just want to bring someone else up. Uh, who was your illustrator for the book? Um, Katerina Simley, who was also um, an IC grad. Yeah, that's the power of grads, you know, just Ithaca College grads helping each other wherever they can. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yes, it is. And so I just want to mention something really quickly. So you talked about how your 
showing young women of color, young girls of color, narratives that include themselves that you didn't grow up with. And I just remembered a conversation that I had with a professor of mine like a few years ago, where my professor is white, but uh, she had a black daughter, I believe, back in like the 90s, if not the 80s. And she would go like toy shopping and maybe card shop, just um, card shoppings, like the paper cards, but also just doll shopping. And she talked about how her daughter never saw herself in these dolls because pretty much all of them were were whites. And now like some 30, 40 years later, you see even Barbie dolls just be a lot more racially diverse. And it's just encouraging how much progress we've made since then. And of course, we have a long way to go. But with projects like Black Girls Don't Get Love, I hope for a more inclusive future for you know, kids that didn't grow up with the same inclusivity that we perhaps didn't back in the 2000s and 2010s. No, and um, if I can ask you a question, like, what made you so passionate about, you know, um, seeing this representation? Because even the references that you're sharing, they um, seem like you're watching this work and you're trying to be part of that change. Right. So for me, it's like, I'm not, I'm not Black, but you know, we're all in this together, like BIPOC, like, yes, we are very different in terms of, you know, what each individual minority goes through. But I think all of us can relate to just, you know, trying to grow up in a very whitewashed world, like with the Barbie dolls and the TV shows and the films. And so I think no matter where you come from, what your skin tone is, all of us can relate to that common experience of feeling ignored not having our stories be told and wanting those stories to be told so that's what draws me and probably a lot of people to you know support black voices even though we might not be black ourselves well thank you for sharing that that's i think that's the best part of all of this is that like it's a healing experience for everyone mm -hmm. um and that even though it's just black girls in the title like we're all part of the community and it's been exciting so um I really appreciate you like even giving me the space to practice um talking about this work it's you know funny because I was um you know behind the camera <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's really great you know to have an opportunity to talk about it because I want to get comfortable you know sharing it more but it's just it's funny it's just really funny the, the way life works and everything so um, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. And before we sign off, do you just want to give a quick shout out to where people can find Black Girls Don't Get Love, whether it be your website, on social media, and also how they can fund or support your many initiatives like the Black Girls Don't Get Love prom or the book or the film training program or your $1.5 million budgeted uh, film? How can they help you? Absolutely. So um, all the information I shared tonight is on our website, blackgirlsdontgetlove.com. If you'd like to donate, you can do blackgirlsdontgetlove.com slash donate, and you can learn about our feature film on there, about our story. Um, we also have social media. If you um, grab a copy of the book, um, which is available on the website, you can either get our audio book or our print book on Amazon. Um, tag us so that we can interact with you. That's, I think the best part of everything that I'm doing is just the community and the wonderful people I get to meet. So, you know, even if you don't want to donate, if you just want to say hi, I liked 
what you guys are working on, that you're supporting us. These are the stuff that keep us going on the hard days. So uh, definitely get connected with us. We will definitely respond back to you. Yeah, thank you for sharing those. And again, thank you for these numerous initiatives that you're doing under the Black Girls Don't Get Love label. Like, like I said, the prom, the book, your senior thesis short film and the expansion of that in a, in a feature film and also the film training, training program for uh, girls of color, women of color. Just thank you for all this inclusivity. And, you know, I hope it goes somewhere from here beyond this. Thank you, Vedant. Thank you so much. It means a lot. I'm looking forward to hearing the podcast come out. It's going to be funny hearing myself on there, but <laughs> um, I appreciate the conversation and the space. So thank you again. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for being on here. Of course. Did it ever occur to you that I've had to apologize to the world because of the hue of my skin? Trying to fall in love with me and every essence from within. Fighting back tears. As I've been told, I'm too dark and not thin. Or that the coils in my hair are offensive. Or that my beauty just doesn't fit into your perfect patty dimensions. I'm not gonna subject myself to your slander. God made me in his image, so no more apprehension. I forgot to mention. If you have a problem with my image, then you can take it up with God. He made me his masterpiece. I was never meant to fit into your odds. If I'm odd, that's okay. I'm uniquely made to be different and delightful, dynamic, and organic, exquisite, and alluring. Not just because my mama said so, but because I said so. I am going to be unapologetically me, paying homage to the black kin before me.